here's what I thought I would do. I'll give you, I'll give you final cut because I think you've revealed more than anybody else is going to reveal. And you know, it's just the nature of the beast of us knowing each other so well. So I'll give you final cut. And I, sin- I, get to listen to it I sincerely believe that if you think it's a good piece of art, you will, you will, you will go with it. I know that you'll put the art first. I think that you'll be cutting for understandableness. Understandableness, well, yeah, but which also includes things that that maybe I, I haven't communicated in the, an understandable of what I meant. When what? I, you know what's interesting about the microphone is that it kind of feels like a third person. It is a third person. I feel like I'm talking to you, but sometimes I have to explain to the microphone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've I'm done looking that. Looking at the microphone. I'm, I've yeah. done that in this conversation a lot. Yeah. I mean, I do do that. I think like that too. I don't think everybody does, but some people do. Some of the interviews, people talk to the microphone. Me and Liz waved at the microphone <laughs> at the end. It was on the end of the episode. It's like a special feature. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today, we are getting better acquainted with Jen. Hello, Jen. Hello. When did you meet me? I met you at university at a creative writing lecture in the first year. Seminar, in fact. Yeah, I was a bit of an idiot. You were. Are we telling that story? Well, I've told it in episode one. Oh, right. My side of that it. That story. Listen to episode one. There was something wrong in that story, though, wasn't there? I think the times were a bit wrong. I think that you rang me earlier than than half nine. Oh, well, what time did I ring you? <laughs> I don't know, really early, like seven. Seven o'clock in the morning. I rang you at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I think you did that. And I took your number the night before. Yeah, which I gave you to get rid of you, really. Probably less than... Less than seven hours ago or something. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's ridiculous. Okay, was it you that fell down the stairs? You it said. was. Yeah, it was also me that fell down the stairs, not you. Okay. You so really have to listen to episode. That's one a bit obscure. You'll have to go back and listen to that for the full details. What do you do now? I work as a teaching assistant, and I write. When do you first remember? Writing. I don't really remember first writing, I just remember never having not written. So I suppose I must have been writing since I could write. I know that I used to tell stories before I could write to my brothers and to my family. Well, probably to my, the older of my two, never mind. I used to tell stories and then um, I had, as I was a bit older, maybe sort of six or seven, I had a secret diary with a lock and I used to write poems and stories and things in there. Wow. Do you remember what the first one was about? I don't remember what the first one was about, but there was definitely one about foods that I didn't like, (laughs) which wasn't based on anything I'd ever actually eaten. It was just based on things that rhymed. In fact, I probably even remember some of it. No, I can't remember any of it. (laughs) Oh, I do. Mutton pie was was one was involved. Mutton pie? Mutton pie, which I don't think I'd ever Because it rhymed with... Dead dog's eye? No, <laughs> I probably, that was, was a bit blue for me. I don't know what it rhymed with, but it rhymed with something. And custard, I don't know. Anyway, it was, it was in there and rhymed. I don't remember, I don't think, the first time I wrote. I don't know. 
I remember writing stories because I had to for classes and enjoying them. Oh yeah, yeah. I and definitely remember that. Stuff. But I don't remember. I guess I kind of remember a little bit. At, I was in the last. Maybe I was in the last year of uh, primary school. I think I remember writing something out of choice called the battle. I think I've got it upstairs somewhere. It was like that. It was basically. It basically was. The Lord of the Rings characters and I remember having a big argument with my dad because I started a sentence with an and <laughs> and he said that wasn't very conventional and I was like no it is conventional Tolkien does it oh. and I showed him the example and it's something like da -da 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 -da, and many were sad or whatever and that was the sentence I have this problem at school sometimes with and because I often use and at the beginning of a sentence but I know the rule and it's a conscious choice I've chosen to make and often children are told that they shouldn't use and at the beginning of a sentence and they sometimes they do it and I'm sort of in a dilemma about whether I bring it up or not and sometimes they ask and say shouldn't I have not used and there and I either have to say well no you're right you shouldn't or I start off down this path of well some people say you shouldn't but I think if it works, it works, and then there's no real end to that, and it's not really something that, that they quite understand at the age that they are. When you decided to be a writer, do you remember when that was? Um, no, not really. I mean, I I always wrote. I remember, well, there's, there's probably a few sort of pinpoint moments. One maybe would be around about what is the equivalent of year six now, I used to write all my science experiments up. I used to love writing my science experiments up. I wrote them really long-windedly and quite chattily and with lots of description. And one day my teacher told me that I... In fact, he pulled me... Because he, he, he used to sit at the front with his desk facing the class and he called me up to his desk and sat me down very seriously and said that he really enjoyed reading my science experiments but I really had to stop doing that because it wasn't going to go down very well at secondary school and I had to learn how to write in a more scientific way. Wow. Um, so I had to stop doing that and then I stopped enjoying science nearly so much. Up to that point I thought I was going to be a vet because I really enjoyed science and I quite liked the idea that I could apply that to animals in some way. But they kind of didn't want you to write creative science. No, no, creative science was, was not allowed. So that went out the window. I always enjoyed creative writing at school. When I was... A teenager, like a lot of teenagers do, I wrote a lot of poetry and shared it with people. And I suppose what was different about the way that most teenagers write poetry and the way that I did, well, nothing was different about the way, it was just as bad as most teenagers' poems and just as uh, melodramatic, but so I would share them and I enjoyed getting a response. I enjoyed sharing and I enjoyed writing for people. And so that, I suppose that was another kind of pinpoint time. And then obviously I did creative writing at university. Where we met. Where we met on that course. And I thought your writing was pretty damn good when we first met. It was. I had some reservations about it. It was still pretty melodramatic at that point. And you've completely and utterly worked those things out and learnt your craft really impressively since then. Because, like, you know, there were slight flaws in your work, but now it is pretty damn flawless, in my view. I... I think what I feel now is that I now know it's flawed. I think at that point at university I didn't really. I didn't know what I needed to do to improve. I didn't really want to think that I did have to improve. 
I also didn't think that I was any kind of genius. I just thought, you know, that that, that was the way it was. What I now think is, I suppose I've seen how much I've improved and I know that I could do better and I want to do better and I have much more drive now to do that. That's really your impulse behind writing. It's just to get it better than it could be. To get it as good as it could be. To get it better than it is. But it's never going to hit that top point, is it? Well, maybe it will. I don't know. Do you think it will? I mean, I think that you I you're... don't know. Maybe, maybe the only way it ever can be is by never, never, me never thinking it. Maybe as yeah. soon as you get complacent, it doesn't doesn't do that. No, I, I agree. And you've had a few things published in poetry anthologies and stuff like that. So out of the two of us, you're the more published. Although I had that one thing published online. No, I just know it was in a printed thing, wasn't it? But it, it, it was is. A and, and the difference science between fiction-y things, what we've had published too. is that my what I've had published has all been very. I don't want to say niche exactly, but it was it it's all stuff that only writers are going to read, only other poets are going to read. Whereas I think probably what you have had published is in a slightly more accessible. Yeah, a few more people will have read it, but they I don't know how much they'll have enjoyed it because I mean it's quite genre like that that publication it was in and so I think that they won't necessarily have dug it as much as some of the more kind of straight up genre pieces I don't yeah. like the word genre no, it's a bit especially genre pieces because everything's a genre isn't it yeah everything's in some kind of genre I know but I mean you're stuck in this prison of language aren't you that's what we're trying to get out of when we're we're writing this stuff you and me are both unpublished at the moment writers but we're persevering with it why Why do you think we're doing that? Why are we doing that, Jen? <laughs> I don't Jen? know, I don't know. Well, I do know, and I think the answer is because there's no... There isn't a choice. It, is, it isn't a choice in some ways. I did try... We were talking about this earlier on. Yeah, we I did try to give up writing because I thought it's not making me happy, I'm not very good at it. It was... Wouldn't I be happier if I just went to work and came home and had a nice evening? It was so funny. It was so funny. Jen, I mean, when you like, could t tell them what you say, what you did. Well, as I recall it, I I had been running at a brick wall for eight. Well, to give it more background, I was writing something that wasn't really working very well, and I was writing in a very non-committal way. And at that point, I hadn't really got to the point where I'm at now, where I think, yes, I'm flawed, but I want to get better, and I am getting better, and I can get better. I just either thought I was flawed or I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and so... You should uh, think you're a happened. genius more often. It's useful. It does make me work. Well, no, I mean, I think all, re all, all writers should occasionally suspect that they're geniuses, but the rest of the time they probably... Because the, it, it's a payoff, isn't it, for the rest of the time when you feel like you're shit. You know, it's... That's it's, definitely the moment it, that makes it feel like it's worth it. It's the carrot. Yeah, it is. And it's, it can be... It, I mean, it's really a tiny amount of time where you get that feeling yeah but it, it is worth it well hopefully we'll feel it more and more that's my ambition hopefully, hopefully I mean we're persevering certainly and if there's that perspiration part of it you know inspiration plus perspiration we're doing that bit definitely. to be fair to definitely. us is it, I could do it more mind you no I don't think you could I think you're really really hard on yourself you are I think you don't know how much time I spend wasting yeah. Twitter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. You too. Me too. Me too. We all do, right? But you work all the time. You do it nearly every night, and you have a really tight kind of work ethic these days. Don't get me wrong. You've only been doing it for two years. 
this comes at a time when you very much embraced it completely. It's like it is it is everything to you at the moment. But there were times when you were lazier. Definitely. And that's that's the, this time we were talking about where I did good, try to give up was a lazy time. I think maybe I thought that I... Yeah. I didn't realise how much I had to work at it if I wanted it to work. I just wanted to be a writer and somehow that I think I thought that... That would just happen if I wanted it. But that so was I thought, was, well, I don't want it enough, so I'll just give it up. That was what was so funny, though, about it. Because when you sat down and you wrote about how you didn't think you could be a writer anymore and you were giving up writing, and you wrote it, and then you got really annoyed about the fact that you realised <laughs> that you were a writer because you'd written it in an interesting way you'd engaged yourself in your well I think you could even pull it back from there I'd written it yeah who who writes about not writing yeah 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 and that's like sealed it got no choices yeah and from there I think it probably started to get a bit more serious do you think we'll get bitter if we don't get successful I don't know maybe maybe I'm feeling less bitter now I think I'm really feeling less bitter now at the moment anyway because I'm like I'm proud of what I'm doing some of the things I'm doing proud of. And so, yeah, go on, you, you, you go. Well, I think for me, it, it will depend on how happy I am in life. At the moment, I think I would be pretty happy if I didn't make it, so long as I felt like I was finishing stuff and I was getting better and mm. I was improving. Because What's making I'm quite it anyway? happy with my job and my life and the way things work and I'm liking having the time to write versus the time everything else you know it's working it's on balance however if my job changed or if so if our life situation changed and I still wasn't making it and I felt like I was just sort of you know not enjoying my life in order to perhaps have a life that I might enjoy later on or might not then maybe I would become bitter but what is making it anyway now like we're so fragmented the like media is so fragmented and people have so many options. It's so much harder to actually make it in the old-fashioned sense. But it also means it's much easier to find audiences that like what you do. You don't have to hit the mainstream in order to get some creative fulfilment and engagement with an no, audience. That's, true. that's all I really want, I think, an audience to engage with. It doesn't have to be a big mainstream audience, although I do aspire to make popular work. I think I think know. maybe I'm a little bit less adaptable in that sense than you. But also, I, I, th- I think for making it for me means being able to live off it. I am happy with my job and I'm happy with the amount of time I've got to write, although obviously I'd like more. But what I would really like and what I think... I mean, I definitely need structure and other things in order to write. But I think if I didn't do anything but write and I was able to do things... You know, little basic life things like going for walks and and cooking more and things like that. Mm, that'd be nice. That would be that would be ideal. So for me, I think making making it is is living it really. Yeah, having freedom. Yeah. To write. To write and yeah. and to, and to live. Around it, absolutely. Because what I don't like about the moment in our lives is that we're not having as much time to live as I would like. No. Oh, it's got better recently. Much better. But still, we're not living as much as I would like. No. Like, work really gets in the way in some ways, although I'm very grateful to have a job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Certainly in this current climate. But I'd like to not have one, and I'd like no one to have to have one. 
It I mean, I know like... that's an idealistic, uh, very hard to achieve situation, but yeah, I mean, <sighs> just, it's just the way I feel. It's also <laughs> it's it's a difficult thing to say because people people don't necessarily always respond to that statement very well. But what you mean is not that you don't think that people shouldn't work, that people should sit around not doing anything. It's mm. just that our concept of what a job is and the amount of time that you need to put into it is different to what maybe a, a different society would, would need. Human beings want to be engaged in activity. We don't want to be not doing things. I think work is a kind of thing we kind of need, but work should be something that we either need directly or that we enjoy. Because you do get enjoyment if you need it directly. I mean, if you actually catch a fish and then you eat it, absolutely, then you have and, and that's enjoyment. one of the things that I would like. If yeah. I didn't have to have a paid job and could just write, it would be growing my own food, would be making things from scratch, which I currently don't really feel like I've got time to do. Not and write as well. Do you think this stuff is relatable? To, do you? I, be, I don't always feel that we. I don't. Know, I don't know if other people feel the same way that we do. No, I think they don't. I also think that we don't express it very well. And I think that it's hard to express in small amounts of time because what you need to say is, well, in in order for this to work, we'd need smaller societies and in that society everybody yeah. would have to pull together and everybody would have to have roles and different jobs and everything would get done, but also, you know... It doesn't work well in sound bites. It doesn't work well in sound bites because what you're essentially saying is... And it's fair enough for people to need sound bites. I need sound bites to understand something. It's just, it isn't, it sounds pretentious or it well, sounds. It sounds pretentious and it sounds unfair. Or it sounds judgmental. Does, I yeah. really worry about that because I don't, I really try really hard not to judge people. I really think that human beings are just human beings and it's, we're all in the fucking same boat. And you, you know, I really want to feel sympathy with people if they're fucked up rather than hatred like I really want to be able to try like, people don't want to understand this they won't they'll think I'm condoning it but I'd really really like to be able and I can I think sympathize with Hitler as a human being like that he was a had a fucked up childhood and a fucked up society and he was kind of maybe <sighs> borderline mentally ill I imagine and he had a, and he there was a lot of death in his childhood and he was a very traumatized person and he was a failed artist and what's wrong is that some a society would make him their leader that's terrible he should have been given help yeah. not put into the fucking position of power because well, power is dangerous it's, and exactly, horrible. it's a position of power isn't it I mean, and again, again you could I don't know this conversation is going down a weird route now that I didn't really know where we were going to go down but well, if you had smaller societies if you um, if you had a situation where you somehow some, had some kind of road to where everybody cleared up rubbish and everybody worked on the land and everybody cooked and everybody I mean I'm not talking about a commune I'd hate to live on a commune yeah. I just mean a small <laughs> society we're not very efficient anti-establishment <laughs> types because we don't like living with other people <laughs> but the point being that you wouldn't have a pinnacle you wouldn't have a, a figurehead you wouldn't have yeah. that, that power base you'd just have people living together and I don't think that you can have that unless you have very small communities yeah me too I really agree with you Jen I really do strongly I hope other people do too anyway bringing it back from that weird avenue <laughs> although it was an enjoyable weird avenue you can have too much of a good thing <laughs> do you think we're the same like do you think that we are 
Well, do you think this statement is true? We are very different writers. Yes, yes, definitely. I think that's why it works. <laughs> what, our relationship? Uh, as oh, for, uh, yeah. Oh, we haven't mentioned. We go out. Oh, I thought that was... No, I don't think we mentioned it. I, I don't like the expression go out. We don't go out, we stay in. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, I agree. <laughs> we don't ever go out. Uh, um, we do sometimes go out. Yeah, we do. It's always a good time because we do it rarely. Yeah. How are we different writers? Oh, God, that's, that's a hard, hard question. You... Well, there's two facets to the question, really, aren't there? Do we write differently? As in the process is different, but also our writing, the result, is different. Yeah. The process is very different. Yeah. I like mainline it, doing stuff, and then completely do nothing. I'm like either completely on it or I'm completely doing nothing. And people don't won't know really about that nothing bit. No. I mean, no. if most people who are listening, they might not care. But people who know me quite well won't expect that. And you write constantly, and it is just all you live for at the moment, you know. And for a while, it's great. I really like I it. Do waste I get jealous of, of it though, think, as well, I but I like it. You know, I'm not writing all that time. I'm just. Yeah, but you're thinking time. about it. Was, remember that, like, there was a couple of weeks where it was all that you would ever talk about when we were going in bed. <laughs> like, when we were falling to sleep. To dream about it. No, 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 that was great. Like, but you're, like, obsessed about it, and it's great. It's really, really good. I think, like, you're one of my biggest inspirations as a writer. Do you know what it is, though? It's because I don't have any memory. <laughs> That's why you do it, it's I true. have to do that, otherwise I don't remember anything. Jen doesn't remember anything. She re- No, you remember smell. You've got a really good olfactory memory. You'll be like, yeah. you'll be like, that smells like when I was sat in front of a fireplace reading a book uh, <laughs> on a cold winter's day one time in January. Everybody has this to an extent, but just for some reason, that's that's the memory that works for me. Smell, yeah. The other memory doesn't. No, well, I don't know if I have so it much. Maybe I remember images. I think not yeah, smells. Yeah, I think everybody remembers things in different ways, don't they? Yeah. Just to make it clear, if we didn't make it clear before, we are. Uh, in a relationship for what 10 years I'm quite happy if some people didn't get it but I think it must be quite clear that we have a very deep level of familiarity yeah uh, I wonder if that makes us a bit incomprehensible I don't know (laughs) but I don't think it will matter it will still be interesting so um, you're an atheist I am. <laughs> I'm not. No. We argue about it occasionally. Occasionally. I'm an agnostic, just to make it clear. I'm not a Christian or a, any other religion. And I think if anything exists, it isn't what any organised religion thinks. And I think the organised religion is the problem. And it's always the problem. It is never the solution. Spirituality and religion in, with a small r can often be the solution that's my opinion you just think well I think that I believe that God does not exist and really there's nowhere to go from there the problem is that atheism has quite a bad rap and what a lot of people think of when they think of atheism is the Richard Dawkins school of atheism the this is the absolute truth and everybody else is an idiot for thinking otherwise 
The arrogance. Yeah, the arrogant version of atheism, the militant version of atheism, yeah. where in fact that's just an extreme version of a belief, just as extreme, but a belief, extreme belief of any other religion is an extreme belief. It's, it's what I believe is, well, what I believe atheism is, is just not believing in God. I don't claim that anybody else is wrong or that I'm right, but my belief is that there's no God. I'm not agnostic because I don't believe that there could be a God. I believe that there isn't a God, but I do accept that it could be wrong and I, it is a belief. So you're accepting that on behalf of atheists, you're admitting that atheism is just another religion? It's a belief system. It depends on your definition of religion. Yeah, well, it's a total belief system. So, I mean, my problem is that how can anyone say completely that they know something? I don't. I don't say I know this. No, 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 no. I know you don't. You make this important distinction. It's very clear and I appreciate it as a way of thinking. I think that you're very honest about it, but you are saying that ultimately it's a leap of faith. It is, and it's a leap of faith that I can't make. I don't believe in God. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm refusing to make a leap of faith. I'm not going to jump into the no, there's no God side, uh, and I'm not going to jump into the other side. The thing is, what I I'm don't saying think... is I'm keeping my options open, and you know what makes me very angry about the way that people talk about agnostics because I get grief from both sides and the thing that gets me really annoyed about it is that I mean it's completely and utterly not I'm not sitting on the fence it is really hard to bloody stay in this position to keep your mind open and to not believe one yeah, thing absolutely. or the other completely. Which is it's why so I am hard. not and can't be an agnostic because I, I just don't believe in it. I, I really don't believe in God and, and I have tried to. <laughs> and I've tried to be more, um, more open to the fact that maybe there could be a God and I do, I do believe that there could be a God but my belief is that there isn't and I can't get away from that so I can't be agno agnostic. I mean I can't believe in any kind of human form of God. How can we know what God is? We can't know what that is so if there is some other force it isn't God. It just is whatever it is. I, I also should maybe say that I am superstitious. Not not really in, Ooh, in real now things. now the truth comes out. Well no I, I mean not really properly right, superstitious. Atheists trying to prove it out. No I know. But you know the thing is, why do you have to put yourself in a box anyway? I have put myself in a box because that's what you do. And so I say I'm an atheist. But, and I am an atheist. <laughs> but, and my superstitions aren't rational. You know, they're stupid things. Okay. Like, you know, I used to do this a lot when I was growing up. I would think, like, for example, if I was worried I was going to get laughed at in PE that week, and I'd think, oh, but if I don't think that I will, then I won't be. And then I think, yeah, but now I've thought that, so that's not really true. So I have to think, I have to, um, this is really hard to explain. Yeah, I think um, everyone I does think. this a little bit, and I don't think it's exactly superstition. It's just not being sure, you know, it's just, it's just the kind of mind game you play with it yourself. It is, but isn't that what belief is? Belief is a mind game that you play with yourself. Belief is, is, is a hook that you attach yourself to because it's a way to live in the world. And you've got to find the right belief, the one that suits you, and you've got to play to work that out. Yeah, and your belief is atheism. Yeah, I mean, you know, how well, do, how you, do know you get what? your beliefs? I was brought up by an a variety atheist. of people, but predominantly an atheist from an atheist family. And, yeah. you know, you can't, 
you can't get away, from, although you think you've made your own decisions, of you, course, you, you just can't like get away cr- from your upbringing. Just like a Christian can't. Exactly, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think you're right. I think my dad might be an agnostic. I'm not sure, but he's certainly got this thing about you can't know anything, hasn't he? No, well, I certainly... And, I, you, and, this, I, and this there is, is no I, truth and all that stuff. And I agree with that stuff. Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree with that as well. No, I know, and that's why you're not a full atheist. I am a full atheist. It's just that I'm not an extreme atheist. Okay, all right. Atheism is a belief in a lack of God, and I have a belief in a lack of God. Okay. You banged the table. <laughs> it, was, it was audible. So... That's atheism. Now the third one that we talked about talking about. You don't want to have children, do you, Jen? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, maybe we should just go back a step. I don't want to have children. People tell me that I will probably change my mind, and maybe I will, but I can't it see it happening. It is possible within it the realms of belief. Probably biologically be happening around about now and it's not it's happening with a lot of our friends it's happening with yeah more or less everybody our age that I know yeah uh, why don't I want to have children I just I just don't think I think I'm too selfish I don't think I'm prepared to give up my this is going to be controversial I was going to say to give up my life for another person and people will say oh well you don't have to give up your life you know and lots of people don't give and up their lives and lots of people don't but I feel like I would and I, that's just a part of their life but I think that I think that it, it's hard enough for me to write which is what I really want to do with my life yeah. now if you threw a child into the equation I just don't think that I could I just I really don't think I could you do have only a limited amount of space within your mind for things and I don't think that having kids will help you to write. Some people who write, we know them, and they will be able to write. Yeah, with absolutely. With the kids or after the But I don't kids. think it would help me. Don't, I, 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 don't, I, I seriously agree with you, but I don't think it would be the end of the world. It would just be... It would be a couple of years out of your life where you wouldn't be writing, but okay. you wouldn't be writing for those two years. So I it is. We're talking a, more than two years. How many years do you think? Well, I don't know. Well, this is the other complication, isn't it? I mean, if I could, if I if I had children, and if it was at all possible, I believe in being at home with that child until that child is not at home anymore. So I would believe in being at home as much as possible yeah. until they were at school. And then there's other complications. <sighs> I have school. real problems with the school system. Yeah. I, I don't judge anybody for putting their children into a school you've got to make your choices with the world you've got and the life you've got but god I, I would find it so hard to give a child into the school system because I don't agree with so many things about the education system I'm very good at doing what my job entails I stick to the rules to the letter however I don't agree with the education system as a whole never have done didn't do when I was there Never will. It's complicated though, isn't it? Because I, I more or less, I mean, I don't completely share that you, belief. We definitely have you are much of opinion. Yeah, and you work, and you and always defending. Schools. You're always defending yeah. the education system. Uh, not completely. No, 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 no. Uh, but but uh, you I'm, are right. Not completely, but more often than not. Yeah, I often do. At the same time, whether I would really want my child, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want my child to go to. I don't know. I, but oh, I, the other side of that is I don't feel like I could confidently and efficiently 
home educate. Yeah, that's the real problem. And, and I don't know if home education within this society is best for the kid. Well, I think it can be as long as the child be. goes to lots of other groups and has socialisation. I mean, and I think, think about any system that, can be right for some kids, though, they? can't it? Who, who has a sort of a, a, collective, a small collective of children who are homeschooled and each yeah. parent... And they're great kids. We know a parent who, who home educates, who is in a sort of a small collective of other parents and children who home educate, and what they do is one parent will teach, say, history and art, for example, and somebody else might teach English and science, and somebody else teaches geography and maths, and then they go to museums and they, and they do things together. So it's almost like a small school I suppose. Yeah I think it's a very good system. I think all systems work for some children. Some children will really benefit from homeschooling because they're the right temperament for it. Others will be fine in comprehensive school. Others will be fine in boarding schools and all of these private schools which I have no truck with whatsoever and don't agree with the existence of. But some kids get messed up by those schools too. It doesn't just churn out people who are successful. It also churns out people who are nice. And it also churns out people who it destroys. All systems destroy some people and help some people. Absolutely. The thing is, private schools, I don't like them because everybody that comes out of them are a success to a certain extent. They have a much greater head start. Yeah, no, they they generally have a better head start. But, But that... That doesn't mean they can't be nice people and do good things. And it doesn't mean that they can't be people who are messed up by that system. Well, it's just that's a smaller the other thing, isn't it? I mean, you've got such a lot of responsibility as a parent to, to, to produce a good, nice person. I mm. think that's, that's a lot of responsibility. I have a, great, a, a much higher level of what they call rapport with you than with anybody else I've interviewed. However... That also means that it's easy for me to butt in, (laughs) you know, and forget myself. And I just want to say, really, for the record, that Jen, she puts up with a hell of a lot from me. (laughs) I mean, she really does. I don't know how she does it, really. And I hope she'll carry on doing it. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I don't ever want her to stop putting up with me. But she puts up with a hell of a lot. Do I get to play this back? Yeah, yeah, play it back. (laughs) I don't really put up with very much from you. Everybody puts up with... I put up with some stuff. Hang on. (laughs) I'm not saying you're an angel. There's more flaws in you than most people I'd ever imagine. However, they are minuscule compared to my flaws. I don't know. This is a conversation we need to have now. (laughs) I think it's good. I don't think people hear these kind of conversations. I think there's a reason for that. Why? What's the reason why people shouldn't hear this kind of conversation? Because I don't want them to. You don't want them to? No, well, but I, and in general, because people don't want them to, because it's, it's... Ah, right, because the public won't like it. Uh, hold on. The question you asked was, why don't people hear this kind of conversation? And yeah. And it's because people don't like to talk about it. Why not? Because it's... A, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I suppose it's because... Because you're talking about... You're talking about yourself at your most unhinged and your least closed. The person that you live with is the person that you are most... You show the most of yourself to. You do. Like, you've seen the most ridiculous sides of me. <laughs> and I don't, I, wouldn't, I don't think I can... Even though this project requires me to be very honest, 
as the whole idea of it. I don't think I could I could act out how ridiculous I am with you when we're just on our own in front of this microphone. No, I mean, I'm not going to. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> For the benefit of the uh, tape, she was shaking her head. <laughs> but I don't think I could. You know, I don't think anyone can. But we are all like this. But you never see this kind of moment. But I, I think always think, think in writing, I keep thinking, I'd really like to capture a moment yeah, that's true. like this. That's true. Like, and how do you do it? But nobody, no media covers this stuff. Well, I, I don't know. I wonder if it's only entertaining to the people who are in it as well. I don't know. I guess Maybe we'll find out. I, I don't think it. I don't think, with the right editing, I don't think that this will shame us. I don't think we'll be ashamed. I actually think, in a way, because I was talking to someone who I'm so close to in the belief, right? We don't agree completely on things, but we both know how each other feel about things, and we don't have arguments particularly about them because we accept that that's how we are, right? Yeah. And they're not different enough. No, that we would they're do. quite similar. So because of that, though, I think I'm actually articulating some of the finer points of my ideological system that I've never been able to um, articulate to other people, to the general public. Because you say something and someone takes against it so much that you don't get to fully make the point. Yeah. Because, and you just sound like a nutcase because you get stuck on the first point. But if yeah, you could just... And I'm sure it's the same for everyone. I worry that we have done that, though. I mean, some of the things that we've talked about. I'm, I think this will need some editing more maybe than some of the other pieces, but I think that it's good material and I'm glad to have ca captured it. And I'll probably use this bit. The bit I just said then, not this bit. Oh no, I could keep going on. I could go on for a while. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want kids. No, I, I don't, I mean, no, I don't want kids, but I've been told so many times that I am going to change my mind that I'm almost expecting to, although I am now at the age where that really should be happening. We don't. It sounds as though you are, you're putting a judgment on people who do choose to have children, and that isn't the case at all. No way. And I love the kids that I know. I work with kids. I love them. Well, that's a separate part. Part of my thing is, I mean, I don't want to have kids because I just worry that I wouldn't be a terrible, terrible father. Oh, actually, that's the other thing that we haven't talked about. I'm not really sure that our relationship would survive having children. No, I don't think it would because we have different opinions about how we would bring up children if we had children. Very different opinions. And I don't know, are you worried that I wouldn't make a good parent? No, but... But you're cautious about it. Why is you so... You're not letting me speak. I'm sorry. I am, sorry. I, I'm not worried that you would be a... I can't remember what you said now. Uh, I a bad parent. A bad parent. Be a bad parent. I didn't want to say bad parent if that wasn't what you said. No, I didn't. No, I'm not worried that, that you would be a bad parent, but I do think that you have tendency to a certain... Um, Level of volatility? Yes, that's a good way of putting it. That, that you... And frustration with yourself for doing that. But mm, it would destroy would, me if I did it. Yeah, so I don't think it would be good for anybody. Here's how it goes. People don't get it. But I'll try and explain it. If I had kids, I worry I would behave in ways that I don't want to behave like. And I'm worried that if I behaved in those ways, I would feel so guilty about myself. I don't know what it would do. It feels like it would be explosive. Like that level, of, uh, it would be a very high level of guilt, I believe. And I, I don't know, it's like, it's possible I could go that way. Everyone always says I would be a good dad, 
but they don't know shit. People say that about me too. Well, not that I would be a good dad, but that I would be a good mum, and I, I don't think that that's, that's true. I mean, people think that because I'm quite quiet, I think I I'm think... quite kindly Sorry. in some ways, that that, that would make a good mum, but I, I'm quite selfish, and I'm quite ditzy, and I'm quite... Um, I don't know what my third word was going to be. Well, you don't like babies much. I don't like Who actually likes babies? Everybody likes their own baby. Tell you, man, they're good, they're good. They're, they're fine after six months. My friends who've got babies, once they get to six months and they're people... I would concur I with that, but before they got six months, you know, they're fine. Yeah. Just have to make that clear for work. I, don't, I think you would make a good mum, but I don't know what it would do to your writing, and I don't know what it would do to you. I think that you would be more likely to put the kid first because you put lots of people first in your life and I think that the kid would be put first and I think you know that you would put the yeah, kid first and you're scared reasons. to do it because you don't want to stop being a writer because writing's more important to you than that. Yeah, I think that's it. I, know, I know a lot of people do write and have children like, but I don't think so. I think the reason you don't want to have kids is because of your writing. The reason I don't want to have kids is because of my personality. Well, I think it's more. there's something more to it than that for me because I think that I really think this biology thing's got a lot to do with it. I really think that I should be feeling some kind of biological pull to have children. I'm just not feeling it. Something we should make clear is that you were the one who broached the subject originally of not having kids. I never brought it up first. It's not like I've well, had any kind of influence. Originally, we did talk about it, didn't we? We, talked uh, we wanted we kids. And it, originally, we wanted kids. We said we wanted kids. We thought we wanted kids. It took us a while to realise. Well, you came to the conclusion first. It's a bit like how you kind of came to the conclusion that we didn't want to get married first. But now, I think it was the best the best decision and I, I agree think I've had to go through a lot of I really I, I but we're not judging other people I was a child who always <laughs> wanted to fit in yeah uh, and so I think I always wanted to do these things and there's a certain amount of you that, that expects to get married and expects to have children just because that's what's done hmm. and so I kind of had to go through a bit of a battle where I, I, I did have these feelings that maybe I didn't want to do these things but god damn it that's what you're supposed to do and uh, I want to fit in, I want to do it right, and in some ways I want to, want to do those things, but I suppose the other side of me won the battle. Yeah. Now, anyway. How do you think our writing's different stylistically? Mine is much more dense and flowery, and yours is much more active and immediate. Yeah, but all those four words had value judgments in them. You could easily turn them around and say, you're, well, you could say your writing is incredibly precise. You choose every word really carefully. You really go back and forwards over a sentence and work that sentence with a lot of concern. Forward. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it in four words. How would you explain it in four words? I don't know, because I've given my four words. Did I ask you to do that? No, but you said you could turn those four words around, and what you've done is... You yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But you, you, those four words, that's true, that's fair. But the, the, the four words had a value judgment in them. And I think that it's not fair to say that your writing is flowery. You use a lot of similes, maybe too much sometimes, but that's a flaw. As a whole, your writing is precise and lean and very image-filled as well. Too much. Well, I don't think always too much but I agree it's a concern and you should always keep an eye on it mine's very scattergun I'm very scattering about like work You're I'm very just like good at plot and communicating I think a lot of it again is to do with memory you know what you want to do and you remember what you need to do and you do it 
where it takes me three folders and looking through it every day to figure out what I'm yeah, supposed you, to be doing. You do, to be fair, forget really main plot points yeah, about I your do, I do. stories. But I think I've forgotten what dark energy means in physics, and that's something that's, that's integral that's to my, it's integral to my, my thing I'm going gonna, gonna to write soon. Do you think writing groups helped us become better writers? Definitely. It's definitely helped me a lot. We have a very excellent writing group. Honest and really efficient critics. Mm. <laughs> and I think they've definitely pinpointed what I need to improve. And to the point where I know what they're going to say, I don't know it until I'm there, but when I'm there and I'm reading it and I think, oh yeah, that's what they're going to say, and they say it, and then they say it better, and it, it's definitely really helpful. Has it helped you to get positive responses from people who aren't me? <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. But, I mean, yeah. they're, they're very good critics. I think it's helped me positive. in that respect. And that's that's another drive, isn't it? Somebody saying that you know they can see what they can see where you're going and what you're doing, and that it could be good. That that's a big drive. Well, I think your work is really good, and I think people should check it out. They can find it on www.jadamthwaite, which is J A. Oh God! Not in not in front of the mic. <laughs> J A D A M T H W A I T E. Man, I I am involved in a relationship with somebody whose name is a spelling test. <laughs> so the website was www.jadamthwaite.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> Jadamthwaite. Everyone's going to call you Jadamthwaite. And you're at Jadamthwaite on Twitter. I, I think, well, if you've got a name like Jenny Adamthwaite and you're thinking about what might go on a book, you cut it down, don't you? So it's become I think Jay it's, Yeah, but the, in, the no, future's... That will be my writing name. The future's the internet. It's going to be a username. Nonetheless. Jay I wish mine wasn't going to be Goosefat101. You should just be happy with Jadamthwaite, mate. <laughs> but that's an easy way to remember it, I reckon, because that's your Twitter as well. That's also Twitter, yeah. And uh, you say there isn't very much on your website, but you've got mm. a couple of blogs that you don't keep us up to date as much as you'd like, because you're right, blah, blah, blah. But they're still worth checking out. The blog is worth checking out if you're into blogs, and the Four Wise Monkeys is worth checking out if you're into good writing. And the other things that Jen's got on her website is a load of fiction that's a really good. A bit of fiction. A bit of fiction. A small amount of very high quality fiction, because she's really fussy about her own work, and it's really hard for her to decide something's good enough. But the stuff that's there has been decided that it's good enough. For now, she's got. she was uh, raising her hand and... What, what do you call that? I don't know. Waggling it in a kind of so-so, maybe, <laughs> way. Uh, I don't know if I described that very well. I don't know what the word is for that. There must be a word for that. We think we have too many conversations about words, do you think? Words are good? No, words actually, good. we have to write them out. We like words. Words are good. We often disagree on what meanings of words are. That's the cause always, of a lot of our arguments. Always our arguments are about what angry means. <laughs> Not angry. We don't, we don't have I'm arguments. Not angry. I'm annoyed. Yeah, we don't have arguments about we, that. That's the main thing we have arguments about is what words mean. I think so. That's where you can find Jen, and you should find her. She's very good. She doesn't agree, but she doesn't want to say that she doesn't agree, which is good. Because you are good, really, aren't you? No, well, no, I, I don't want to say I'm not good because I'm aware that that's not good publicity for oneself. 
however I do feel and I also don't think that I won't be couldn't be good sometime I just I think that there's a lot of work to do there's always a lot of work that is what life is about so weird that I've got these two different meanings for work so work is this thing I hate because it gets in the way of people doing their art but also I think about art as work so I'm always like it's the most important thing to do the work do the work and I mean it in a positive way when people ask me what I do like to work I, I genuinely think that what I do that is work is it's writing question, isn't it? what do you I do? mean because that's what I believe in and that's what I put all of everything that I can into and then all I want is to be able to just plough into that work all the time. But that's what the work is about, and that's the whole point of it, is that we're always trying to get better, and that's what we're trying to do. It's just having the opportunity to do it. But it, And the thing is, all artists who are successful, if you ask them at any point, well, that they're successful, they'll say, some of the time, yeah, I'm glad that I'm successful and I believe in myself. And some of the time they go, no, no, I think I'm rubbish. Even when they're successful. So you're never going to feel like a success. No, no. So give up on trying to feel like a success. Yeah, and see that your writing's good now. That's not, though. All right, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than it was. It's not as good as it will be. Yeah. I never know if this stuff is, is uh, relatable. I always think, like, do you know, like books and stuff where people write about being a writer and TV programs yeah. and films sometimes that works but only very rarely and writers always try to do it all the time it's, it's hard isn't it because that's what you know that's what you know and you're supposed to write about what you know I know that is the hardest thing and also it's not only it's what you know it's what you've got something to say about well yeah but the world is also what writing is about, saying things about it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but writing can be a metaphor, can't it? Your your particular journey through writing is your yeah. journey through the world. Yeah. And like anybody else's journey, except that it happens to be through writing. Well, yeah, that's why I don't have a problem with talking about writing on the show, because of the fact that the show is supposed to be about what everybody's experience is. And if we're weird and unrelatable, then so are other people. You know, not everybody is the same. And I definitely I occasionally have a crisis of what what good is being a writer anyway. You know, I sort of have these moments of, oh, well, I'm going to gonna be a writer, I want to be a writer, that's what I want out of my life. And then I think, but why? What good is that going to do anybody writing? <laughs> well, yeah, well, Clive says in his interview that there's no point of being a writer, That's what, being an artist. That's why he likes it. He doesn't like things that are productive in society. I just, I, I don't... I, I understand what he means and I kind of like it but I also well I like the idea but it's not what I believe man. I, I, I want to do something well I, I want to want to do something that contributes and helps the world more. yeah unfortunately I, I don't I want to want that, that too <laughs> <laughs> I think most people want to want that I mean you do what you can and your conscience like determines that so I'll occasionally go on UK Uncut marches and demos and stuff and you went on the march and you know sometimes I'll sign petitions but still that's not and you occasion and you give to charity occasionally but none of these things are really enough are they they're not enough in any sense oh, no. and we I mean, recycle what, what, what we recycle and we that, use I'm fair trade about coffee in these sort of big generalized but that's I'm ridiculous thinking about you know a, a, a career as yeah. it were okay. like like being a nurse or being 
I don't know, anything that helps somebody, being a nurse, being a carer. Yeah, but you do work in a school, and I work with kids. We, we do work in caring professions. But I wouldn't if I could choose what I wanted to do. Yeah, but we do. Yeah. And we do choose what we want to do. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we don't... We choose what we want to do. But we choose what we do for a reason. We've made a choice to do this, you know, because we want to write. So we work in the jobs that we work in because they allow us to write more than some other jobs would. And um, they're jobs that we enjoy in the process. I yeah. Do it if I hate well, we can do them. We're mentally qualified to do them. I actually actively like my job. Yeah, I actively like my job at the moment. I haven't always actively liked no, my no, job, no, nor have you. But we're in a good place now in our lives in terms of having time to write and trying this stuff out. Just takes an incredibly long time to write. How long have you been writing your novel for? Three years. Three years. I, it took me six years to write my first novel. I'm not finished. Yeah, I know, yet. I know. But it took me six years. Yeah. No one published that, so I wrote another one. That didn't take very long, actually. Now I think of it. It doesn't oh. seem to take you long. The actual writing doesn't take me long, but forcing myself to sit down and write, that takes me a long time. There's, I don't sit in front of the computer the way that you do. I don't struggle against the beast. I'm either writing, or I'm watching a DVD. <laughs> Or I'm surfing See, it, the it, internet. It seems like a more efficient Or I'm lying in the bath listening to a podcast. Like, and I just procrastinate more sometimes and it's harder to get to that point. And the thing is, the procrastination needs to happen. It's part of the process. It's completely intrinsically linked. That's another thing that I've learned recently, is, is that that's true. That it's okay to have a night off, that sometimes you need it. And sometimes yeah. that can give you, that can give you twice as much power the next day. Yeah, I agree. And well, it's important to have life experiences. That's the problems writers sometimes have. That's maybe the reason that they write about writing. And I've done that. You're skirting around it and what you're working on. So yeah, you're not exactly I'm right. About an artist, I guess. You're using oh, art. As it turns out, that's really difficult because I know absolutely nothing about art. So yeah, you're having to learn about art in order to write about an artist. That's the other thing people don't really know about, the amount of time that you have to spend doing research. That's the other thing. That's what takes a long time. Like, I've got so many yeah, books to read way, at the moment for my trilogy that I haven't had time to read. In um, one way, that's the annoying bit, especially after you've done it. But I think maybe the part of this, this process on this novel that I enjoyed the most was the bit where I was plotting it and coming up with the ideas mm. and then researching researching different facets of it, where I was reading about dreams all the time. And, and it, it, was, it was work to sit on the settee with a glass of wine and... Watch, watch documentaries about dreaming. Yeah, that's good work. That's really nice. I like it when that happens. <laughs> but the thing is, you can't fail in the plotting. You, can't, you don't have to polish it. No. So it can, just be, it can just be great. You can have a great idea, but making that idea actually work, that's where the hard thing comes in. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there are like some producers that just come up with ideas and then just get those films to happen. And they don't write them. They don't put any of the work in. They just come up with the idea. That's the fun bit. They're getting just to just do the fun bit. Although on the other hand, it's also the hardest bit in some ways. Well, you don't approve of it, do you? You don't approve like Damien Hirst getting other people to paint his paintings? No, I don't. I don't. I don't approve of that at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? If you don't... That's management. Well, yeah, but... (laughs) Yeah, okay. But we're control freaks, both of us. We don't want to have... 
we don't want to give up control of our piece of art. We want to... I'm more um, likely to... I, I don't mind working to a brief, actually. I enjoy working to briefs. You've never really... I don't know, you know, you wrote short no, stories to briefs. I'm, I'm briefs are fine. I find it... It's a bit like a deadline. I find it very useful. And I can do it. But I don't get the same excitement out of it. Well, briefs are fine, but you have to have your own work as well. And your own work has to have complete and utter control. I don't mind. And I like more general briefs as well. I like writing genre stories. Like, I like writing science fiction. I like writing horror and stuff like that. Or detective stories. It's just nice to have some rules and stuff to play around with. That's something I'd like to do, is learn more about different genres and try my hand at them. In fact, what I'd really like to do is do some more formal writing. Lessons. Well, you don't read genres, though, as much. Like... I read a lot more genre stuff. Like I like, I got into reading through fantasy. I like science fiction a lot from even from when I was a child and stuff. I've always liked magic and stuff like that. And you know, as I got older, I got into horror and I got into crime and I got into all of these different genres. No, it's, it's just not. I don't really like any of those genres to read particularly. I mean, there's always exceptions, but I don't. Nah, you'd like crime. You just haven't found the right crime book. Well, exactly, but that's it, isn't it? I mean, you like. You liked that Walter Mosley book, so I reckon you like I'm not like saying him. I don't like crime writing. You've misunderstood okay. me. What I did like was that Walter Mosley book. I'm sure I would like more Walter Mosley books than like Walter Mosley. You like a genre of reading and it is literary fiction is that true or false that's mostly true uh it's true i also like other things stuff that could be called though literary fiction yeah i do i do is often what you like i don't really like that expression no i hate that fiction is literature it's literature (laughs) it's 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 a bit redundant but at the same time, it, it does communicate something and people do understand what that means. So. Well, you don't like genre as much as you like... Which is also a meaningless word, because everything... Yeah, genre is, is also... Genre. We, we didn't like that word earlier, we still don't like it now. Both of these terms are, uh, are not really appropriate. Do you not find language is a prison, Jen? Yes. Because you can never say what you mean in actual conversation. Even when you're talking to someone who you know really well. And when you try and write it down on a page... It's so hard to make it work still. Yeah, it is, <laughs> absolutely. Sorry. Commandeered that bit of conversation then. Sorry about that. Commandeered a lot of it. But I think you've spoke a lot more than you'd liked. <laughs> Why did you agree to do this conversation, Jack? Because everybody else I know has already done it. <laughs> and because I would be conspicuous by absence if I didn't. Is that the only reason? Um, Also because I've heard some of my friends who've done it and uh, heard them sounding eloquent and interesting and I hoped that maybe I might might be able to do that too. Do you think you've achieved that? I don't know. Will you ever know? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you. Have you got better acquainted with me? That's a good question, Jen. So I like it when people ask me questions. <laughs> it means I can talk without feeling guilty. I don't think I learned anything that I didn't know about you, apart from what you sound like in front of a microphone, which is an interesting thing to learn about you. Which is what? 
Well, it's like this, you know. But, you, but how's that different to normal? Because everybody, everybody, I don't think this has happened. One person in this project has not been like this yet. Everybody speaks with more concern about what they're saying. They're more aware of what they're saying. They're more aware of how it could sound. Everybody, so uh, uh, including me, everybody that gets in front of a microphone that knows it's on, does that. Mm. And what they show and what they don't show is very interesting when they're my closest friends and I know them very well and I know what they're hiding or what they're not hiding. I'm not hiding anything. But people don't like to show every side of themselves. No. People are certainly not hiding anything. See, I wouldn't do things like make these very definite statements if I wasn't in front of a microphone. I'm like, oh dear, that could be misinterpreted. I have to make that clear. Yeah. And I have to do that in this conversation more than I've had to do in any of the other conversations because we just know each other so well that we talk very naturally to each other. And even though it feels like there's somebody else there, it's not somebody that's the audience. It's, you know, it shifts around, doesn't it? We don't really... Mm. We'll talk with more, we can't, we're hardwired, is what I'm saying, to, to uh, talk to each other very openly. A bit like where you're on the tube and you're having a private conversation and you realise that half the carriage is listening in, so you play up to it. Oh my God. A bit like that. It's exactly like that. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> That's what she's like, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> She just swoops in <laughs> and pinpoints something. And I talk, what did you say the other day about me? You said, I say everything three times and the third time I say it, it makes sense. Yeah. That's what you said. It's not even a compliment. It's just a stay. <laughs> you say everything too many times and the third time I actually understood what you meant. Not it's a good thing you said. It's, 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 I understood what you meant. I mean, she's incredibly right. She's incredibly right. And in fact, what's also interesting is we wouldn't have the conversations on a tube where we played up to it unless we'd both had a few drinks. No, that's true, that's true. And we've both had a few drinks tonight and that's why we're behaving like this. Which other people have done. Good. And I don't think you should feel ashamed. I didn't. Write in if you think she should feel <laughs> Email in if you think James... Jen, James? <laughs> Jen, whatever her name is, should be ashamed. Or if I should be ashamed. I think we've done okay. Hopefully we haven't exposed you to too much of our um, inner relationship. I don't think so. I don't think people do this stuff, though, very often, do they? I don't think we have, anyway. No, I don't I think mean, we, we have. We haven't actually really talked about a relationship. Well, no, we haven't given any details about our relationship. Well, I don't mean the... that. I mean, we, we haven't... I mean, we, what we've said is worth, this kind of behaviour I think is worth sharing with the world and I, I think it doesn't happen very often. I don't think, I don't, wouldn't like it if it happened all the time and I wouldn't like it if it was um, exploitative. No. Like I don't like a lot of reality TV but I realise that what I'm doing on podcasting is a little bit like reality TV. Well it's TV. not though, well, it kind of is, but it's not exactly, you're not, you're not filming people in there or recording people in their natural environments, you're recording them maybe in their natural environments, but having an unnatural, well, not an unnatural conversation, but a, a very deliberate conversation. 
I mean, it's 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 definitely. I mean, I do prep work sometimes. Not this time. No, not this time. Sometimes I freestyle it. I've done that a few times, but I always do mental prep prep work. I do think about what I'm doing before I do it. Mm. What do you think about the fact that I'm podcasting these days? I think it's really good. It's a good genre for you. I think it works well for me. I'm enjoying it. This series more than the last one, but this. I think I, I've not heard all the last one, but I said, and I have enjoyed it, but I think. It was more of a learning curve. You think I'm right when I say that can only ever be cult and this one's a bit more kind of, yeah, has a bit so. more popular appeal. Definitely. I think this one could could be really, I mean, I don't know. I think that this one could be successful. Whereas I, the other one, I'd, I mean, it might not be. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it could be. But the other one I don't think probably would be. No, me, I agree. Now, what would you say, I mean, how can I monetize podcasts? There's loads of ways people do it, but I just do not know how to do it really. I haven't been studying how people monetize podcasts. Because I think it's good and I think it should be not paid for, but I just, I'd like to be able to make a living from making podcasts, but I can't. Because they're free and I, I believe in exposure, free. Exposure, uh, get it out to, to the networks and stuff. I don't want to do this not as a podcast. This is good as a podcast. No, but if you did it, to, I don't it know. fits the form. I don't want to become a. I'm not going to become a talk show host, am I? This isn't what this is about. Know, about that. So what can I get from this? What's in it for me? That's why I want to know. Well, it's what you set out to do, isn't it? It's, it's about getting better acquainted with people and getting better acquainted Yeah, with I get loads and loads of stuff artistically and therapeutically and well, as a person getting. and I'm you exploring. get what you're getting, don't get upset. That's right. That's a saying that people used to my great niece when she was little. You get what you get, but you don't get upset. And it's one of our, it's one of our phrases, one of our real in-jokes, I guess. A bit like if... I was to go pause <laughs> and then start talking about something else which Jen does to me in the middle of conversation I'm just talking about something and she goes pause and then <laughs> starts talking about something else and then says unpause and then says I can carry on speaking sadly that works generally on me but it confuses other people to begin with people, people. this is reminding us do you know what I, this reminds me of this conversation what? our show that we did together yeah I think that was a good show I, I it might have been I, I don't think I'm interested in doing that kind of thing and no I don't think we should do it again it was an experiment in a genre that we don't normally do it was a live art piece well it was kind of a theatre multimedia thing where Jen was in a box and I was playing a guitar and doing other things on stage. It, I, and it had a video the, and it had music. It was really, and it was poetry and... I think it was a bit pretentious. I actually think that it wasn't pretentious, but I think it came very close to it. I think it was. No, 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 I don't <laughs> think it went over the edge though, Jen. I really don't. And I think because what, what offset the potential for pre pretentiousness right what offset that on the other side of the scales i am doing scales with my hands was the was bits like this was the really true bits the bits where we'd had an argument and then we just wrote down what we had the argument about and then we kind of mixed it up so it was kind of really we do seem to go in for self-aware don't we we go in for self-aware because we just feel kind of aware because of ourselves <laughs> But <laughs> but we also do it because we both believe in realism, don't we? 
It was definitely a good exercise from that point of view. I'm definitely glad we did it. I wrote down all those conversations. And, you know, broke the salad service. Did I? a bit glad about that. I broke the salad yeah, service and then you shouted at me about yeah. it. And, you... and then we wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we shared it with people. It was good, that. It was good, that. I don't want to do that with you again. I don't think... I don't, I'm not interested enough in live art as a medium or theatre, that kind of theatre as a medium. I want to tell stories. I mean, it was interesting what we did, but... I'm just not really interested in doing live art. I want no, to I, I want to write. We should write that. We're going to write some stuff together one day, though. We should write that book together. Yeah, we've got a good idea. We should write that blooming good idea that we had for that zombie thing together, but you don't want to write about zombies because you're bored of zombies. I am bored of zombies. I'm glad I had this conversation with you. I hope you are glad of it too. Well, we'll see you when I hear it back. In hindsight. <laughs> well, do you want to say goodbye to the listeners? Do I not have to plug something? Oh, God. Yeah, I thought we already kind of covered well, that, we but did, you're right. But you didn't actually ask me. Okay, Jenna, oh. have you got anything that you'd like to plug? No, because we said it earlier on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even sure if I didn't mention the plugging thing. Oh, did you? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, do you want to say goodbye? <laughs> that you, my, my nice little segue was messed up there. <laughs> I mean, anything else you want to plug? Mm. No, just your website. Well, I don't. I don't. I know that people have plugged lots Twitter. of very worthy things. You could plug some of my stuff. No one ever plugs my stuff on this show. That's weird. Nobody's gonna plug your stuff on this show. Listen to this show. Should we say goodbye to the audience? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, goodbye. <laughs> you can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted. Cut that. Obviously. (laughs) That was an aside to you. Well, you looked at the microphone. I always look away when I'm talking to people. It confuses them. Well, look at not the microphone. I don't do it in the interviews. I look at people's eyes. I make a big thing about it. All the way through the interviews, I'm occasionally thinking in part of my mind, am I looking in their eyes? Am I looking in their eyes? Because if I'm not looking in their eyes, will it not seem weird? And then I'm trying to listen to what they're saying as well. I find that. I find the fact that my brain does that to be annoying. It compartmentalises experiences all the time. So I'm on stage and I'm playing a song and I'm also thinking about the fact that I'm on stage playing a song. And I'm also thinking about, do I remember the lyrics? And I'm also thinking about, what have I got to do tomorrow? It's all this stuff at the same time. I don't like it. It's really unpleasant sometimes. I just want to think about one thing. (laughs) Yeah. So... I can edit all this out, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, so what were we just saying about? Because I can edit this out too. Um, uh, writing differently. <laughs> <laughs>